Hundreds of years ago, people lived together. Apart, yes, apart enough to fight their wars, but together, sheltering in their nations and cities. They flew standards and pressed coins and gave what they could to communities they called states, republics, kingdoms, and the like. After the last war, it crumbled to dust. But dust, given time, can become fertile soil and something new can grow. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, Kat, here to announce that Good King Richard is back from the Crusades, and the usurper Prince John will be removed from the throne. <laughs> Speaking of the usurper, Kirsten is with me. Hi! <laughs> I kept the throne warm. Um, <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Uh, he is all for robbing the rich and feeding the poor, but mostly for robbing the rich, it is Nick. Yay, I gotta be Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. And Oodalali. It's it's Kathleen. It is Kathleen. With Golly, what a day. Golly, what a day for podcasting. What a day for podcasting. It's snowing here. Oh. I wish I got snow. It's threatening to snow here. Mm. So I have a question for you guys. You guys didn't skills. Um, so we finished the arc. Good job, everybody. We did and, it. Yeah. Yay. So I would like you guys to Kathleen take... insert canned applause here. <laughs> okay, we did it. Good. I did it. Excellent. It happened. What a great job. But seriously, take what, like uh four points in mega skills. So can mega skills, could we also finally have me or someone else take spirits? Yes, I yes. Yes. No. In fact, I insist upon it. <laughs> Never. I will take spirits. I will take two points of spirits. We fight spirits like the Scooby-Doo gang by not believing in them, and they, they turn out to, well, okay, in this thing, they actually turn out to be actual monsters and zombies. So basically like the later Scooby-Doo movies, only I think Cobb is just John Cena from that Scooby-Doo and wrestling crossover, which exists and was actually pretty good. There was a Scooby-Doo wrestling crossover? Yes, there was. It was like I said. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> pretty good for Scooby Doo. Nick, take your skills. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna take two spirits, one tracking, and one focus. Oh, and then since it was my arc, I also get to do the other thing. This is true. And what things are you doing? So, um, after you have completed your character arc, you get to improve two of your facets. And I am going to improve daring since that's kind of what the arc was about. And I'm going to improve sensitivity since I made a lot of sensitivity rolls. Good. So it has been a couple weeks now since the Westbreaker pulled away from Chelres, left the rock in the bay far behind it. And... The ship is proceeding eastward so that it can round the southeast edge of the continent and begin its journey north toward the Bright Wastes. What is happening aboard the Westbreaker? Well, uh, for one, Cobb is uh, working on getting the newest member of the crew, Sot, up and running or as, as best as he can. 
Saudi is what? Like, do, how old is he? Is he 12 or 13? Yeah, he's he's 12. Okay, so he's he's a little on the young side. So we're we're Cobb Cobb is trying to you know like not completely overload the kid, but also you know when Marcus and the crew leave, we're not going to have like an extra five or six deckhands to rely on. So so Cobb is trying to thread the needle of like getting him up to speed quickly, but also not just like burning him out or like getting him hurt. Yeah. Penelope has been spending her time taking Polly for rides and practicing her aim. And then also uh, chatting with Clara, learning a little bit of tinkering, not necessarily like full engine. Like she doesn't know a lot about engineering, but she's learning about like how general gears and things like that work. Because she she has looked at that before and she's learning a little bit more about general physics of things, I guess. I think that... Tissa managed to sometime between us having all of the stuff that we actually recorded and uh, what happened was managed to buy or long-term borrow or was gifted a book or something and is been reading a lot and is continuing with this whole journaling thing. Most of the entries kind of look like today was the word that it was and I did this, and I did this. And it's kind of weird that the ship is made out of metal because the bow is hard to find. Like on a wooden ship, all of the wood is facing in the same direction, and the metal kind of just points wherever. The ship is just ironclad. Like it's made out of wood, but it has kind of big old iron plating on the hull. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. It's not entirely made of iron. It is just wearing it like a skin. Mm. Like a big iron t-shirt. A big iron t-shirt. With three wolves howling at the moon on it. Three wolves. We are totally painting that on the side of the boat. We're going to turn this boat into our sick wizard van. Perfect. Love it. I actually have a question. Uh, So while Penelope was on the ship, if she practiced a bit of cooking, could she take a cooking skill and then maybe have it be like slightly restorative if she like cooks meals for people doesn't cooking just fall under survival yeah i guess that's true that is or maybe true. art Ooh. actually I, I think if you convince our illustrious gm that it's an art thing and you're being fanciful and you know like highbrow with it maybe maybe if you tell her how great she's doing and how wonderful the game is uh she'll let yeah. you Hmm. compliments are the way to my heart but i was actually going to say um i'm going to require you to spend points you can either spend scatter or you can spend survival points but you have to actually spend a resource on the food in order for it to be restorative oh okay so i have to like either put my own scatter into it or do it or you can spend like memory points spend memory points to make everybody just like a big meal cooked with lots of love okay yeah Sounds good. So I will take a, and I'll, I'll make it like performance love, food. Wrong. Hmm? Oh, so I don't have to take a skill for it? Okay. No, um, it's not performance. So survival food? Is, no, um, art. Art, okay. Yeah, if it results in a tangible object, it is art. art. If you are required to be there, it is performance. Yeah, so you need to take performance to do your super cool live food thing. Uh, yeah, teppanyaki. 
but uh, the actual cooking has to be the art. Also, what kind of food are you arting on the boat? Are you making like consumé de hardtack? <laughs> nomad, nomad, you got limes, he got fish. <laughs> You're making ceviche. Ooh, yes, ah. that, that sounds we good. We are in the, the tropics, so yeah, we can probably get decent fish. And- you have left the tropics, but you definitely have citrus because... That's right, we were going north. You need a map. Mm. Actually, I've commissioned a map. Yay. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I found a really cool cartographer on Twitter, and I was like, well, I'm overdue for a map, so. Excellent. Maps are cool. Anyways. Okay. Let's drill down on Cobb's thing. Mm-hmm. I think we can do Penelope's thing later on. Okay. Because I think um, the second half of the episode would probably be a good time for you to be showing off your cooking skills. Sounds good. Okay. So, it is a bracing morning aboard the Westbreaker, as many of them are, especially as you move away from the tropics. The sky is just completely clear and empty. You can still see the moon. It's white against a blue-green horizon. And it is time for ship chores. And Cub, what are you teaching Sot today? Today was going to be, like, we're, we're doing some ship chores, obviously. We're still, still getting rigging and that kind of stuff down, because while he probably won't be able to help with all of it, because... He's not physically large enough or strong enough, most likely at this point, to actually deal with most of the rigging. Like, it's something that he still needs to know. Um, he'll be doing a lot of, like, following along, that kind of stuff. Clara will have somebody to mop the deck with and to go to morning calisthenics <laughs> with. But I think today, after all of that, Cobb would be out on the deck teaching young Sot the fine art of the sword. Ooh. Thing, is that is still the thing that Cobb is actually the best at. I think Marcus is also there. He's settled in his usual spot with his coffee. He has kind of been co-parenting with you. I think he's... Um, what he has said is that we don't want Mr. Cobbler to instill any of his bad habits, but you can tell that he kind of doesn't want the kid to get in any trouble, same as you, so he's observing this, and Sod has his, his sword, or the broom or whatever it is that we gave him. You don't think you gave him a, a sword? Probably didn't give him an actual blade at this point. Clara has promised to give him an actual blade. Yeah. Of course she has. But for right now, <laughs> we've got the training sword. Cobb is probably just using his actual sword. You know, it's like, okay, look, we can wreck one broom or mop, but we can't wreck all of them. Okay. And we probably don't actually have, like, legit training stuff here on the ship, so... Actually, I think what Marcus does is he grabs a bucket, he places the end of the mop in the bucket, hands the mop to Sot, and shrugs spear training. <laughs> just just see how damp you can make Mr. Cobbler. And Sot kind of is still trying to figure out how to do this while holding the mop, but eventually figures out how to salute <laughs> because Marcus is also training him. And Cobb is going to say, now... Spears are fine weapons for very fine adventurers. However, if we are going to be on a boat for a long time, they don't work indoors, unfortunately. Tissa is up in the crow's nest and she yells down, you can't climb things with swords. We'll get him a knife, Cobb yells up, but that comes later. We'll, you'll, we'll get your knife when you're done with training. That'll be your reward. And he just like, he looks kind of very quickly back and forth between you and Tissa and Marcus. And it's just like, um, yes, um, yes, yes. 
But for now, and Cobb kind of like hands him the broom, for now we're going to keep with basic sword drills. Again, come at me, you know. I want proper foot position just like I showed you. And right. And he stares down at the ground and starts shuffling a little bit because he's, no, no, he's don't. pretty sure he remembers. Don't don't worry about it. You'll find out real quickly whether or not, you know, it's, uh, you've, you've got everything underneath you. But, you know, just like I showed you and lunge forward. R- right. Right. And he takes his broom, which he's he's holding around the middle to kind of get it closer. Because, like, the broom is, like, twice, three times as long as the sword. So he's, like, he's trying to grip the broom, and he gives kind of a very clumsy lunge. And I'm going to just go, like, he's got a pretty high daring, but I don't think he has any weapons still. Oh. Okay. So he stumbles forward, and in stumbling, the attack actually is one that probably would hit close to home. I don't think it would have if he, if it went where he wanted it to go. But he like trips a little over himself. But it's it's enough to get Cobb to actually like parry it, and he's just like, good, good. It was it was a little messy, um, but um, but you know you're you're definitely getting it now. Uh, now, now reset back to, to normal in here. We'll, we'll work on, on your footwork. And, and Cobb kind of like, you know, uh, like bats at, uh, like bats at his ankles and that kind of stuff with the flat of his blade and gets him like in position and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, right. Like, like, um, like, like, like this, like, like this. Yeah. Like that. Like that. Like this. Perfect. All right. Now just what? You, you've got it. You've got it. So just like you did last time, you know, uh, bend at the knees, shift weight right. forward, and thrust. Oh, that was two successes. So, yes. <laughs> that is a very deliberate and pretty much accurate thrust. Very good. Very good. Now, we just need to we just need to get that to happen. Uh, you know, when you want it to, and we'll be great. So uh, we'll we'll keep working on right. that. And, and Cobb right. is going to, like, you know, reset him and, and help him with that kind of stuff. And make sure that he's not picking up bad habits or at least, you know, sword bad, bad habits. If he wants to pick up bad personality <laughs> habits, then, I mean, Cobb really has no say in that. But he can at least <laughs> teach him good sword habits. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Claire was like, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Cobb doesn't mean it. You can definitely have a real sword. If you're willing to make him a sword, I am fine with it. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, then. I love making stuff. Swords are easy. You just mash him a bunch. You go pew, pew, pew. Cobb kind of narrows his eyes at Clara. I don't think that's exactly how it works. Um. But I'll take your word for it. You're welcome to show me if you think it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. My workshop is this way. Please demonstrate your skills. Anyways. Uh, what what kind of flowers would you put on a sword? Um, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. Okay. Bleeding arts? Snapdragons. What kind of flowers actually were native to that area? I mean, um, biggins. Like, fucking biggins. Actually, no, wait, we're talking chelras. So we're talking, like, um... Flowering trees and shrubs, like smallins. 
like strawberry blossoms and um, apple blossoms and like lots of little thin flowers that are designed for things like hummingbirds. Yeah, wild roses. Oh, probably yeah. What about a fuchsia? Ooh, didn't know you had any aesthetic sense. Wow. Cops full of surprises. I've been to the tropics a few times. Anyway, don't worry. Swords are... I mean, they're fine. They're fine. Commander's right. Spears are where it's at. Yes, but a spear doesn't work inside the hold of a ship, Clara. Yeah, but... Harpoon... Harpoon. Clara, you don't you don't swashbuckle the whale. Harpoon. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining though that uh, Cobb hears the word harpoon and has like an involuntary shudder related to uh, that healing harpoon from <laughs> ten episodes ago. That was the word. Spell. I forgot about that spell. It was the second dumbest spell you cast that episode, my dear. So actually, I can't, I can't tell you that for your character, Nick. I'm just saying that me, <laughs> Kathleen, is having that reaction. Cobb is mostly trying to explain the life of a pirate without just straight up saying to Marcus's face that he's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think like, that's this is um this is a respectable naval existence, and Mr. Cobbler is a respectable naval. Naval officer. Sorry, I stumbled. A respectable naval officer, Mr. Cobbler. I can say it. With a, sorry, I can say it with a straight face. Give me a moment, please. <laughs> Look, bottom line is spears are for hunting boars. That is not what a sword is for. Yeah, you know what they say. A spear in harbor is safe, but that's not what swords are for. Do they say that? Look. Oh. Probably. You're not going to find a boar aboard another vessel. I'm just, we're just, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. <sighs> Fine. Where's me rum? You probably have some. Yeah, he probably, Cobb probably does have. <laughs> he probably has some watered down grog ass grog rum. So you guys finish with your drills and Sock kind of sits down to... I guess get to work on knots, because I imagine that you had him working on that, right? Yeah, that's something he actually can do. That's something he can do. He kind of looks up, and he's like, So, um, are we in, like, a navy? They are. And Cobb kind of, like, motions over to Clara and Marcus and the rest of the crew. Okay. We're free agents, let's say. Okay. So what is it we do, exactly? Well, for the moment, we uh, ferry people back to their home. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. No, sorry. The, uh, the the commander's been showing me the, the, the map room and showing me where everything is. I get that part. But then we just go on adventures? That's one way of putting it. We carve out a place for ourselves on the high seas. So you're our captain, right, Mr. Cobb? That's a good question. Is the commander our captain? Because I think he's the commander. I think he's the commander, too. I've been sternly informed that the engineer is not the captain. No, she is not. She is the engineer. (laughs) Ah, Clara. And I don't think Penelope is the captain? Absolutely not. 
Hey, Tessa. Uh? Are you the captain? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Do we not have a captain? Cobb kind of like absentmindedly paws at his old captain's sword on his belt. I guess we're working on that one. Oh. Okay. Sounds like we're not going to know what we're doing once we don't have the commander, huh? Well, we take it one step at a time. We'll get there. Okay. I mean, what else am I going to do? Well, part of living on the sea is learning how to adapt to what life gives you and work with that. We'll get a lot of chances to, to work with that, but trust me, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then he kind of nods and goes back to his work. So, speaking thereof, it is, I'm going to say like a couple days later, and Marcus is holed up in his map room, pacing around a large table on which is drawn a map of Amilta, as it is currently known. He's got a drink in his hand, he's pacing around, it's after dinner. I believe someone in the party had something they wanted to discuss with this man? They did. So... Um, Penelope's been oddly, uh, quiet the last few days, um, and keeping a little bit more to herself, um, not as loud. Might be a welcome change in ways, but it's uh, a noticeable one. So she's been in thought. Um, she goes to the door and knocks quietly on Marcus's door. Who goes there? Oh, um, it's, it's me. Penelope. Um, come in, Miss Hunter. Thank you. Um, You hear an ethereal, really, who goes there? (laughs) (laughs) Go back to bed. (laughs) Um, I've I've been thinking a lot the last few days. Um, We're heading north, and the seasons are changing, and um, it, it kind of reminds me of everything that I'm missing at home. This is usually a pretty busy time of year. I'm usually there to help out my family, and um, I. This is the longest I've been away from from that. Um, I mean, my siblings are, are older now, so they're they're doing more around. But I, I don't want to, you know, leave them completely without without my help, and it's. I. I mean, I guess... And well, it's not necessarily that they just need my help, but I... He raises a hand to stop you, and he looks at you with those dark eyes of his, and he says, What is it you're trying to ask me, Miss Hunter? I, I'd i like to go home. He nods approvingly, not so much at the request as the fact that you actually, you know, said it. And he sweeps a hand over the map and says... Where is home, Sunder? Show me. It's here. Um, she points to a place uh, called Northridge, and it's um, so a bit more north of here, still in the plains, but um, somewhat inland. Not super, super far inland. It could probably take a follow a river. Not too many days off journey. Hmm. No. And you said you live in a farming community, Miss Hunter? Yes. Um, 
it's it's quite small. There's some larger communities, uh, you know, a day's ride or so from it, but it's a pretty small community. Mm. Might be, well, it's about time we put ashore for supplies anyway. Mm-hmm. And and there, it's very welcoming. There, you will have much food and and soft beds. It'll be very friendly. Is this why you haven't been your usual self lately, Miss Hunter? Yes. I mean, this time of year always reminds me of of the harvest and uh, being with my family. And young Sot reminds me of of my of my siblings. Mm. I understand what you mean. Mm. Mm. I get in a similar way when the snow starts. Reminds you of home? Mm. He, he doesn't really say much about that, but he just points to a place on kind of the northeast coast. Oh. A ways from here. I've I've never been there, but... Must must be lovely. Hmm. I don't expect it is anymore, but mm. it was. Thank you. I'll speak to the crew, but I expect they'll be in favor of going ashore. Oh well. Thank you, thank you so much. And um. Technically, I believe Mister Cobbler may be your commanding officer. Have you spoken to him? Cobb, our commanding officer. Is he not? We don't really. We just kind mm. of do things. This is true. That is my apologies. Yes, that was <laughs> right. That's kind of a perfect answer, and I love that. <laughs> yes, I see. I'm, I'm yes, writing that down for memory time. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, she kind of like, the little bit of worry kind of softens from her face, and she pulls out a croissant that she had been saving. She hadn't really been eating her usual amount and starts munching on the croissant. He looks at you with the same look of horror that he always gives you when you pull croissants out of your pocket and eat them. (laughs) And I... I have... I... Let's see. Oh. I think, um... I'm not sure about, um, Engineer Gaius Ascendant as she also just kind of does things. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, I may remain here with young Master Sot. Um, continue his training in the absence of piracy. Mm. Mm. But as long as you can gain the approval of Mr. Cobbler and Tissa, I don't see what's wrong with putting ashore, Miss Hunter. Well, thank you. I um, I will talk to them as well and... Yes, I, I would love to show everyone. It's Everyone will love you guys. And I think at that point, we're going to smash cut to... Bam! That's the smash cut. The entrance to the small farming community of North Ridge. All right. Uh, we're so far inland. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been this far inland. I'm getting uh, anxious. Look what I found! Clara holds up a rock. Oh, it's very pretty. Pretty. Cobb is actually legit getting a little anxious that he can't, like, really feel or, like, smell the ocean. <laughs> yeah, you're you're fairly far inland, actually. Um, there's a large river 
that for the most part was capable of accommodating the Westbreaker up until uh, probably about like half a day's walk. I'm just imagining Cobb like standing with the river up to his like knees and just going, it's not the same. (laughs) (laughs) So, and everything is decorated in garlands made of golden flowers and yellow colored leaves that grow on abundantly on trees around here because it's just about time for the Golden Dragon Festival, which is kind of a big deal. It's the end of summer pre-harvest festival. It's a big, big deal. And somebody was supposed to be on the festival committee, but somebody decided to go traipsing off. Oopsies. What else can you tell the party about Northridge? So it's quite small. Most of the families either like have known each other for generations or are relatives, mostly farmers and ranchers. The nearest like main village, I'd say, is about days ride away or so. Yeah, mostly farming. There is a school that Penelope's father actually teaches at for the young kids during the colder months. Yeah, that's about all of what... Okay. Upon crossing into Northridge... Pollyanna actually just kind of gets real excited and runs ahead. And she just kind of fucks off. She's home. <laughs> oh, she knows her meadow. She loves it there. Yeah, she's, she's fucked off. She's, she's very excited to be home. So you hear a voice shouting, Penny! 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 And what you see is your middlemost of your three younger siblings. This is Jules. Jules! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Have you grown since I've gone? He's dressed in farming clothes. He's actually a pretty tall 13-year-old. He's taller than Sod is by a fair deal. He's starting to get kind of heavy set. He, like Penelope, has reddish hair and freckles and is tremendously loud. And he, like, runs up to her and gives her a shove. Hey, how's it going? How's the festival? Uh... I mean, I mean, you were kind of supposed to help with that. Weren't you kind of supposed to be festival queen this year and you were kind of supposed to be in the parade? Yeah, I was gone longer than I kind of thought. The parade is tomorrow. I know, Who are your friends? I know. Who are your friends? Oh. No, Penny, 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 yes. Penny, 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 mm-hmm, Penny, Penny, mm-hmm. Penny. Where have you been? Who are your friends? What did you bring me? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Well, I... I brought you this. And she pulls out... A real gross croissant. (laughs) No! No! If you bring out a croissant, I'm kicking your ass. (laughs) I know I say this all the time, Kirsten, but I mean it. It's like a stale, day-old croissant. (laughs) It's not the grossest thing, Penny. I don't know. Maybe they're all like this. Actually, you know what she brings out? Um, Because Jules is also... Does do some, some drawing... And she has some sketches to show him of, like, some really cool things that she's seen on her journey. Wow, you went far, Penny. So, I know it's not a thing, but here you go. I This is, like, some really cool things that I saw. And then she kind of, like, blushes as she kind of, like, shuffles away a, a sketch she made of Stephen. Like, <laughs> so, Penny, who are your friends? Who are your friends? Who are your friends? Who are your friends? Well, there are some really cool people I met. Um... This is Tissa. Hi. And this is Cobb. Hi. And this is Marcus. Hi. And this is Sot. Hi. Sot's pretty new to our crew, but he's cool. He's he's learning a lot. 
We are the weirdest um, group of people. We we have like a cop, the opposite of that, Tissa, and a kid. <laughs> and Sot. I that was the Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and everyone, this is my this is my uh Mrs. Jules. Jules kind of gives away. I'm um <clears throat> Julius Hunter at your service. Ah, uh, nice to meet you, kid. And and cop like gives him a huge, like big, over enthusiastic handshake and kind of like pats him, ah. like slaps him on the back. Nice to nice to meet you. And um, when you give him the over enthusiastic handshake, he first of all has a pretty firm grip because he is a farm boy who does farm chores, and he does lock eyes with you and try to see who can squish whose hand more. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, gotta, you still have a little bit to go, Jules. <laughs> but you'll get there. Like Cobb says, sort of like a little, shall we say, hesitantly. All right. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go tell mom you're back. She's going to be so mad. Oh, she hasn't even oh, had a letter from me. She's going to yell at you. Oh, it's going to be so much yelling. Don't go home. Don't go home till I'm there because I really want to watch this. <laughs> Thanks, Jules. No problem. <laughs> you don't write. That's not nice. <gasps> oh, guys, do you smell that? Oh, they must be barbecuing. They always have the barbecue contest. That's right. They always have the barbecue contest, loser. And you turn around to see uh, somebody you grew up with. This is a tall person about your height with long black hair. They're standing next to a dark colored uh, cloud elk who's dappled with spots of white. And this is Rada, who has been in your class when you were a kid. Oh, hey. kind of tosses their hair and says, and you know who gets to judge the barbecue contest? You? Yeah, me. Well, I mean... The winner of the rodeo. So me. Wow. Well, that's awesome. How many people are entered this year? Uh, that easy, huh? Hmm? Oh, I love that Penelope also has Kirsten's <laughs> Ultra Instinct. <laughs> yeah, like, legitimately, Rada just, like, blinks, just like, uh, I mean, nobody important, me. No, don't be too hard on yourself. I meant aside from me. And since I'm the best in this town, in the county, I'm winning. Of course. You always were, you always were amazing anytime I would, I would taste any of your food. You know what else the winner of the rodeo gets to do? And I know it's been a long time since you won, so I'll refresh your memory. They get to judge the pie eating contest. Oh, that's right. Oh, and she always makes the most delicious blueberry pie. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I'll be the judge of that. Right, loser? Well, you know, good luck. I, uh, <laughs> maybe save me a piece if you can. Wow. Hanging out with all these old people has really killed your killer instinct, huh? Hmm? Used to be you'd at least compete. Well... I. Oh, that sounds fun. You should compete. 
Okay, but am I allowed to do something a little bit different? What? It's not so much a barbecue. No, the rodeo. The rodeo. Trick riding? Trick riding. Penelope. Oh, see, I thought you were trying to get me to, to compete in the barbecue, and that's why I was confused. No, I am bragging that I get to eat the barbecue. Ah, uh, I because see. Because I will beat you at trick riding because <laughs> you are bad at it. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, there we go. Now I see what's happening. And now, now, now I'm getting board? angry. Cause... Now you are. <laughs> Jesus. Are you actually getting angry? Cobb? Cobb? Oh, you. You don't, like, okay, look, you don't have to keep up appearances with us. We love you just the way you are, Penelope. Uh, Polly. She calls for Polly. I, I think it takes a minute. And Brada and their cloud elk are just blinking at you. She's coming. Tissa's kind of blinking, too. This is, this is Jem, by the way. Oh, hello, Jem. She's, she's very nice. Couldn't afford all the holograms? I don't get your old people jokes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for hey, trying. Hey, their jokes are cool. Ooh, burn. I don't need your help, <laughs> Penelope. Eventually, Pollyanna ambles back and she's got like half an apple sticking out of her mouth. And she's walking <laughs> alongside a very tall, heavy set man. He's got kind of a beer gut. He's dressed in simple but very neat and clean clothing. He's got an apple in his hand as well. Oh, hey, it's me minus being tall. <laughs> and eventually Polly comes back and um, the gentleman who's with her says, oh, oh, we have guests. My my apologies, my apologies. Um, He he holds out his hand. He, he stops for a moment and he gives Tissa and Cobb and to a lesser degree, Marcus, kind of a long appraising look. He holds out his hand and he says, it's a pleasure to meet you, Gregory Hunter, school teacher. A father of three and a half. Meanwhile, while he's trying to introduce himself very, like, politely, Penelope is just like, ah, so good to be home. And she gives him, like, this big giant hug. He is not paying attention. <laughs> yes, I also have three and a half children. Um, my eldest vanished and never returns home or writes. Oh. oh, that's not fair. Here, I have an apple for my favorite daughter. And then he hands the apple to Pollyanna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is fair. <laughs> and he kind of eventually, once he's done showboating, returns your hug. Oh, uh, oh! How 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 have you been? How are the kids? How's teaching? How is? Are they learning a lot? I mean, yes. That's how teaching. That's how teaching works. Good, 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 good. You're trying. You're trying. Bless your heart. You're trying. Well, um, I mean, yeah. I I found out you were uh, coming home. Because Pollyanna put her head in the schoolhouse trying to take apples. Oh. Um, we would have appreciated if you had, I don't know, written letters. You don't write? You do You do remember how to write. I taught you. I tried very hard to teach you. You do remember how to write, right? I do, Dad. I do. I will have failed both as a father and as a school teacher if you do not remember how to write. I, I do remember how to write. And I'm... And Rada is snickering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dad, I, I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's kind of tough. We we don't necessarily know which way we're going to be going, but 
I will be better, okay? Okay. But we only got trapped in the extra dimensional space once. Shh. What? Not we're f- we're right fine. Now. We're fine. None of us died. Not even once. She kind of like nudges Cobb and Tissa like, shh. <laughs> and he kind of resumes giving you guys that long appraising look. Cobb like tries to like, you know, like stand up straight and, you know, put on a smile. He just kind of ends up looking kind of like Captain Morgan. <laughs> Tissa's body language hasn't even changed a little bit. Tissa is still a pile of scarves. Tissa's still a pile of scarves. With a hat. With a hat. I think you guys have turned your backs on Pollyanna and Jem, and they've just but kind of wandered off to graze. Oh, I was going to, I was going to show you, Jem, I was going to show you Polly, but she's, she's gone to play, but that's okay. You'll no, see her, you'll, you'll see, see her in the, you'll see her in the competition. No, I've, I've met Polly. You've been home since becoming a cavalier. But I mean, Polly's grown even more. She's, she's like, look at her. She is the same size as always. You are ridiculous. You know what? You're ridiculous, and I'm going to show. I'm going to show you, and and with, we'll see who wins. <laughs> you are ridiculous. They're not wrong. Who wins at what? Here's the no, no. Here's the test. Here's the test. Okay, win at what, Penelope? Trick writing. Hey, you got it. That's the last thing you're going to get. Laters. Oh. And, <laughs> Cobb just kind of like waits a beat. They seem nice. Nice? Mm. Let's go get some of that barbecue. It does smell delicious. Yeah. Um. 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 Hi. Um. You, you're a teacher. Could you tell me about the trees here because I don't know these ones. I haven't ever been here before. Absolutely I could. That depends on what you want to know and about which trees. Um, um, mm. My wife would be better to talk to about the groves as mm-hmm. um, she does a lot of the farming uh, of our homestead. She certainly knows more about fruit bearing trees than I do. But on average yes. Well, mm, what do you know on average, then? Mm. I mean, which trees are good for building with? Um, Which trees have mythological or historical significance? Which trees are commonly used as metaphors for the human condition? That one, and he kind of points to a big, naughty tree near near the center of town. Oh, oh, is that one about resilience? I think so. Okay. Tissa, you're a fast study. It took me like a week reading that story to get the metaphor. Cobb is just kind of looking at Penelope. He's not saying anything. (laughs) Eventually, Pollyanna comes back and gets another apple. Penny. Things are... You've chosen a peculiar time to come home, Penny. Things are... And he kind of, he puts a hand on your shoulder, then he takes a deep sigh, and he says, Things are always changing. Mm. You know this, right? Every time you look away from something, it's a little different when you look back. Yes, yeah. But things are changing around here, Penny. 
We're in some strange times. Strange? You'll see for yourself once the festival starts. Things are changing. I'm going to roll a humanity roll to be like, does he seem concerned or just like, as he's saying, things are changing? Like, Yeah, we'll roll it. Yes. Roll it. Uh, roll that beautiful bean footage. One success. One edge success. I don't think we're going to need the edge success. I think one success will tell you that, like, he's not really sure how to feel. History is kind of your father's pet subject. Mm-hmm. So he is interested in what is happening and is not sure how it's going to play out. Okay. But he has never stopped trying to teach you to appreciate history. This seems like one of those times. He's, he's tried. Yeah. <laughs> he does his best. couple things stick here and there. <laughs> Every so often. Did Polly also talk to mom? Um, no, she... I don't know. Um, first of all... Um, we can't really understand her. She just kind of started mooching for apples, as she does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he gives her a pat on the neck, and I don't know if she's been home. Okay. Things are going okay on the farm, though? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Very good harvest. Um, Your mother is extremely excited about this year's apple crop. Mm. She does make delicious apple butter. She does. She's very excited to also make an apple pie for the contest. Ooh. 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 Okay, I'm... Is that the contest that that, uh, that, that nice other cavalier is going to win? Nice other... No. Mm, and, and they're not going to win. I'm going to win. They seem to really sure about it. But I'm also really sure. Mm. It's not like you to compete, Penny. Rada always knew how to... No, this is true. Mm. Rada always, ever since they were quite small. Of course, Rada was quite smaller than Penny, being as Penny has always been quite large for her age. Mm. And um, But then they would do that thing where they're like, oh, Penny was doing this to me, but Rada started it all the time. <sighs> anyways, anyways. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> uh. I'm no longer 10 years old. I'm no longer 10 you years old. You are no longer 10 years old. You are no longer... You say that. Yeah. Look what I found. And Clara has a different rock. You're still Ooh, here. That one? Still with the rocks. Okay. Is that one younger than the other one? Yes. Not only that, it's very clearly volcanic in a region where there's no history of volcanic activity. Thank you, Tissa. Gee. I'm sure that that's not a plot hook, so I will... Mm. No, this is a bit. Okay. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Okay, stop breaking the fourth wall, Clara. <laughs> Whoops. It wasn't very sturdy. I can reinforce it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So, um, of course, Mr. Hunter invites you to dinner at the Hunter homestead. There is a large wooden table, kind of rough-hewn, and it is a comfortable farmhouse with enough room for a fair number of people. I think um, Marcus has begged off. He's going to head back to his ship. He's got a little more provisioning to do and wants to do that rather than making you guys do it while Penelope's on vacation. Claire has gone with him in part because the rocks have inspired her. Ah, Clara. And you guys are sitting around a rough-hewn table for dinner in a homey little ranch house 
and Gregory brings you, Cobb, and Tissa bowls of stew, and he he sets them down in front of you. He doesn't say anything. He makes eye contact with you, and he says, you should probably start. Um. And he sits down next to you with his own bowl, and what occurs afterward is utter chaos. Just a festival of Penelope's. There is a short Penelope. She's um, she's not kind of as full-figured as Gregory is, but she's old and she's got li- eyes that are creased at the edges from sunlight and ranching. Her freckles are dark and she is a whirlwind of activity between bouncing back and forth between the kitchen and the table and eating like a blender. <laughs> there is a slightly shorter, very thin 15-year-old Penelope who introduces herself as Abby and she eats like a wolverine. <laughs> there is Jules, who you're pretty sure you saw stab somebody. <laughs> and there is a very young boy about, well, not very young. He's uh, 11 years old. He introduces himself as Simon. He wears spectacles. He bears an uncanny resemblance to their father, but he eats like a pack of wolves. And then you have Penelope, who eats like Penelope. <laughs> the mystery of why Penelope always has foods in her pocket. Solved. <laughs> So I would like Cobb and Tissa to make me adaptability tactics, please. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to fail this role, but I got two successes. Nice. You successfully protect your dinner. <laughs> Cobb isn't going to roll. He's just going to let it happen because <laughs> he's just kind of used to it at this point. Yeah. And like you turn your head and your bread is gone. Most of the people are too nice to actually go into your bowl, but not the littlest one. You see Gregory just, like, grab a kid's hand by the wrist as it's making its way toward his plate. Cobb just kind of, like, looks back down at his plate that has been mostly removed of food and just kind of, like, leans back and goes, I understand now. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Cobbler, can I get you another? No, I'm fine. And... Gregory kind of like without looking swats Jules away from his plate <laughs> and like shifts it out of the way of his wife, Samantha, who is very clearly where the children got it from. <sighs> Your whole family is a Cromartie High bit, Penelope. <laughs> that is true. Fuck, <laughs> like I want to watch Cromartie High right now. Cromartie High is so good. Okay. So you guys, in one way or another, finish your dinner. You have a delicious dessert of homemade country-style apple cobbler. And night falls over the sleepy little village of Northridge. And because I want to go watch Kumarty High, it's memory time! (laughs) (laughs) So, because this is Penelope's character arc, Kirsten cannot gain memory points. But I can give mine, right? Yes. This one's going to be really hard because honestly, like I kind of love most of what's going on in this town. I love the fact that Penelope has Ultra Instinct sandbagged uh, her yes! rival question mark. <laughs> like when I wrote this, I was like, "Cat, if you put food on the line, Kirsten will absolutely bite." And then like 
that left me, Cat, the GM, stunned. Like this is this is some straight up like this. You've basically invented Waluigi, who's out to like prove themselves to someone who doesn't even know they exist. Like they've bit. crafted their their whole experience around Penelope, who doesn't really understand what's going on, and that's yeah. kind of beautiful. <laughs> And also the fact yeah. that Penelope is just one of like five of them. <laughs> no lie. I texted Kirsten. I was like, what's Penelope's family like? And are they all terrible like her? And the answer was yes, everyone except her dad. Like this is Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like, again, like Cobb sitting there just like watching his dinner disappear out from under him. Like that is just straight up like. There's like a, a shot of of him just like leaning back with the the background like you know darking out like a Cromarty joke. <laughs> like this is just it is kind of wonderful and I'm here for it. <laughs> that was kind of a really rambling memory time, but man, I love I honestly love this town. This town is great. <laughs> I love all the people here. <sighs> It's it's obviously too far inland for Cobb, but but Nick is is all about this. <laughs> Rada is everything I hoped for. <laughs> yeah, we built uh, Kirsten. We built Rada in a cat's cradle when you were absent. Oh, Rada is is amazing, and I do love how Penelope was kind of like, huh, and then like, wait, no, we're rivals, right? For some reason. <laughs> I love the fact that Rada's cloud elk is named Jem because her and their relationship to Penelope and uh, Pollyanna is basically that of Jem and the Misfits. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I spelled it with a G, like the saloon from Deadwood. Only the Misfits, the Misfits were a lot more obviously antagonistic. Yeah. But also in that sort of way where Jem really kind of didn't pay that much attention to them, you got the feeling. Like they were they were there and they were antagonistic because, you know, Saturday morning yeah. cartoons demand it. Yeah, I could see Rada as being just like a little bit pizzazz and a little bit Gary Oak. I definitely <laughs> wrote a real fucking Gary Oak in my notes. So glad that got through. And I can totally see Rada being the one that like would kind of know how to push my buttons and then when I would be like be like oh Penelope's like bugging me yeah I kind of like it all right who gets your memories Ooh, that is a tough one because I think Tissa for engaging Gregory in asking about the trees oh yeah I thought that was very sweet mm. for the trees for the trees. So I have actually one thing to talk about. Memory time before we head out. Uh, so I'm going to be running Heroic Chord for a group of other friends. Oh, right. This weekend. And I will report back next time, everybody, with some memory time from that and some playtest shenanigans. So we'll get some extra eyes and ears and whatnot on how things are going. And I'll report back to More all memories. of our lovely listeners next time. Ooh. La, more memories. Memories. Feed me memories. I need them for power. Any idea what everybody's playing? We have one person that she is very adamant about being a cavalier. She is the one who I mentioned to you earlier that 
Uh, yeah. It was a little unclear to her that the Cloud Elks came part and parcel. Yeah. Um, when you play a Cavalier, you have a Cloud Elk friend. It's whether you can convince them to do combat. <laughs> that is the ability. Yeah. So there was, there was a little bit of that. Um, one of the other folks, she wants to, I think she's looking at Arcanist because she, she saw demonologists and, and kind of woke up. Nice. So we'll see. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for playing with me today. Thank you. It was yeah. super fun. It was very nice. Yeah. Thank you, audience, for listening to us today. I, I am I am looking forward to the rest of this arc. Yeah, me too. It should be fun. Yeah. We're going to have some times. I think this is going to be the second time in playtest that I might override Kirsten's lesson. Oh, yeah? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I always have, like, lessons that I come up with, and then it's like, but then there's actually another lesson. Because <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah, they're listening to stop stealing food. In our last playtest campaign, Kirsten's character was uh, a go it alone type, and the lesson was like sometimes you need people's help, but like Kirsten's character did a lot of teamwork and worked very well as a team. So it was like, well, uh, I guess you have to learn to take leadership. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I did. According to the character sheet you handed me at the beginning of this campaign, Penelope's lesson was to look before you leave. Yes. Is that still Penelope's lesson? Yes. I mean, she has tempered a little, little bit, but she's still Penelope. That's a lesson that I don't know if she'll ever learn, but I'm eager to find out if she will. Okay. I'm eager to find out if I can teach her that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everybody, if you want to share your memories with me and give me power, then you can do that by using the email form on peachgardengames.com, or you can use Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. If you do that, I will hear your voice. I will feel your feelings, and we will, for a brief instant in this chaotic world, be connected. And isn't that a beautiful thing? And we'll use it to spirit bomb someone who you probably hate. So, I mean, hey, big ups there. Hell yeah. I will absolutely spirit bomb somebody you hate. I mean, that's a better Patreon pitch than most I've heard. That's a science fact. Okay, bye everybody. 